Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel of Fulfill Your Legacy. I am so happy that you are here with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. Hey, if you are new to me, I want you to know that I am an author, a coach, a speaker who helps people get God partnered, clarify and define their God given purpose and really tap into the Trinity and all that offers. So they are empowered by the work they do, the health they're in and the relationships they have creating a legacy of living, loving and learning according to the call God has for them. And I know that with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So today's show is all about love. Valentine's Day month it is. And I really want us to get a true and right understanding of what love is all about. You know, I catch, I coach a lot of people on all different sorts of things. And so often self-love and um, an emptiness that we feel like we have from not feeling love from other people comes into play when we are coaching with people. So I really want to give us a real good look at love in terms of first Um, loving God and understanding this relationship with God and you and how crucial that is to giving and feeling love and then also love for self and how we can use God to tap into that. So you're going to see the show broken down into three parts. I want you to know this so you can prepare for it. So part one is going to be me doing a quick little study on these two things that I just talked about, self-love and really this God-partnered love. Then we're going to come back and we're going to go over a tool that I have and that I use with my coaching clients. You are going to love it. You can share it. um, Do whatever you need to to um, put this into place. You can literally start it today. And then last, we're going to come back with questions and answers. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So we know that when I do these shows, I break it down into four parts. First, we have the problem. Then we go and we consider what the word tells us uh, about this problem and how we can address it. So that's the written word, God. Then we go ahead and we look at the gifts. I know that we make better decisions. We set better goals if we know what um, our driving force is, what our blessing is, what our gift is, if we so do, do it or choose to follow it. And then last is all about that choice. And so we have free will here. We get to decide. We can um, live in the world. We can do whatever we want. We can depend on self or we can live with God and the spirit and we can do what God and the spirit wants us to do. And we can receive the worldly um, blessings that we get from just living here. But then also we can receive all the gifts and blessings that come from God as we act out what he's ask, um, calling on us to do. All right. So let's go ahead. The problem. So yeah, I broke this into three places. I wanted us to really look at love and how it gives us grief in this world sounds wrong, right? Love is all good, right? It is. But where are the problems with love? And there's three things that I notice when I'm coaching with people that really catch us up. One is we're human. So love isn't the problem. The fact that we are human is sometimes the problem. We have to remember that we're not God. You know, we are not perfect. We are living in these bodies and we're going to be making mistakes and we fall prey 
and we um, have desires of the flesh because we live in the flesh. Now, we don't have to live there, and of course, that's the answer to a lot of this. We're going to jump into that later, but I want us to look at this human place in two different ways. First, we get exposed. Okay, so when we're human, we are exposed to both, so that means living in the world, we're exposed to both good and bad. That's the whole point of being here. And it's wonderful. It's great. Uh, the world is awesome. Isn't it beautiful? And isn't love here in the world fun? And think back at when you first fell in love. Like how, how fun was that? It's so energizing and passionate and everything. But again, it's love with a human. And we get exposed to the good and bad when we um, are living in the flesh, when we have these bodies on and we're here hanging out in the world, we're exposed to good and bad. And so that's where we get hung up on. There is a song that I, Christy Kimmy, my friend, confident writer, she's putting a post in here. By the way, those of you who are listening on Voice America, if you so want to, you can go stream live. You can see me. You can see these tools. You can click on them, print them off for yourself. So go to Nikki Klegel, N-I-C-C-I-E-K-L-I-E-G-L, Nikki Klegel, Fulfill Your Legacy. Not my personal page. Go to the Fulfill Your Legacy page. But Christy is posting a song on there. And I like to do this because I know that we're able to connect with God in many different ways and some people through music. So there's a song right now. It's been out for a while, but it's pretty powerful to a lot of people and it's called Reckless Love. Okay, so she's going to post that. And there's some lyrics out of there that I think really give us a lot of insight. So there's a quote that I'm first going to quote and I'll lead into the, some of the lyrics out of this song. But there's a quote out of a movie Many of you know this, the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Okay, there's a quote there that says, what can man do against such reckless hate? And I want us to remember that God is reckless love. And the world sometimes is the reckless hate. And, you know, just this kind of question that what can we do about it? That's what happens when we're in these places where we don't feel loved when we've been hurt really bad, all these things that interfere with a deep love, a whole kind of love that we all desire, that feeling of completeness, it's so difficult and feels overwhelming and you almost feel like, well, what can I ever do? I'll never be loved. I'll never, ah, it's overwhelming. Well, I want you to think of these verses and I, I want you to think about and lean on the reckless love of God. It says right in the opening lines, I love this, before we spoke a word, we as humans, before we spoke a word, God spoke into us. Is that not awesome? He spoke into you love. He, he built it into you. When you hold a baby, I have a grand new baby, grand new grand baby, brand new grand baby. Oh my gosh, she's beautiful. And just holding her and I could see these parents um, holding her and just everything shot past everything of the world and went straight to love. Like speaking that love, it's a language we don't even understand. When I um, have had a few times where I've connected with God, it's been so clear. It's been words. It's empowering. It's truth. It's love. And, and it's not even, not even of this world. It's so much more and so much more powerful. But but first, so before we spoke a word, God spoke into us. The next one is he breathed life into us. He breathed life into us. God is love. God is life. And when we feel that, that first feelings of love, right? 
where we're looking quite unconditionally. That's what's great about new love is we ignore all the bad things, right? We, we don't notice those bad things. Not until we marry our soul um, partner that all of a sudden we're like, oh, you drive me nuts with that, right? But we do this. We have unconditional love at the beginning. We're only tuned into that love. And so, you know, he breathed life. It feels like energy. We When we are in those first new love places, um, it's energetic. It's, it's, it's awesome. But anyway, the next part is he's kind, he's loving, never ending. So this love we know by Bible verses is kindness and love and it never ends. And then it's reckless. Okay, so we love that. But listen, there's more. I want you to know that this kind of love is here for everyone. When you think of Valentine's Day, don't you immediately go to like, um, you know, if you're single, boyfriend, girlfriend. If you're married, maybe a romantic night out. Um, But I want you to go deeper than that, especially if you don't have a partner yet. Because all of us, it's not even especially, but we need to first have the love of God, this whole pure love that we get from God. That helps us be able to love other people. It teaches us how to teach other people how to love us. It's essential that we first have this pure love of God in us. It's essential. Okay, so I'm saying that we can all have it. There's nothing that we can do um, to earn this. It's just there. So the rest of some of these verses in the song says, it's the kind of love that chases you down. So when we're lost and we feel um, we're never going to get there, God finds us. This is the kind of love we want. Even in our marriages, we want this kind of love. I was with um, my daughter and just seeing the love between her and Justin is like so awesome because you could see that new baby, it changes everything, right? And immediately the response was like, are you okay? You know, how can I help you? It was instantly not about self. It was about the other person. And it's, it's just chasing you down kind of love. And then also it, Fights till you're found. I mean, fights till you're found. So when you're in those dark places, a love that's pure like that literally will do anything to get you back, get you back to what's pure and right. We're going to talk a little more about the next thing, which is the difference, the contrast between this kind of love and the world love or Satan and what he wants us to love, right? But then lastly, he gives it anyway. There's nothing that we can do. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's a lyric right in there. It's written all over the Bible. We don't deserve it. And we cannot earn it. But he gives it anyway. This is the kind of love that we want, that we need to get whole, and that we need to give to other people. All right. So I want contrast here. I want us to be able to look at and make informed decisions. This is why I do everything in the problem, the word, the gift, the choice. What does the word tell us? To beware of Satan. And the lies, because he is here to lie, kill, and destroy our relationship with God. And if he can keep us from feeling a whole unconditional love, do you know how hard it is to love someone else when you're not loved yourself? And when you try to get love from a human, which we do, and it's great, I I have it, you have it, but when we try to get love from a human, they're giving us as much as they can. When we get love from God, it's complete and whole. It heals, it restores, and this is what I want for you first. All right, so 
he comes to lie, kill, and destroy. And I write here that he's trying to convince us that we need nothing other than what we can get right here in the world. And that's why we are tempted with all these things of the world to try to make us feel that whole, that satisfied, that energetic place. Look at all of the things that lead us astray to try to give us this feeling that we so long for. We turn to drugs. We turn to alcohol. We turn to um, material possessions. We demand um, somebody else treat us a certain way. We turn to others. When we start turning to God, that is where we get complete whole love. And that is where we get healed and we can go on and share it with other people and we can receive it. We know what's right. We have it clear in our mind. We're no longer confused by what really satisfies us and doesn't. There's so much wisdom in in God and truth and love, right? Okay, so now listen up. My last little paragraph here and we'll move on. I say G, capital G, right? Capital G, God is love. And Satan is all things of the world. And he is not love. We've been, lo- we've been falling for these lies for generation upon generation. But we don't have to. We have free will. So when we are sitting here in these places, any of us right now sitting here wondering why we don't or someone we know isn't able to love the way we, we see as possible, the way God sees as possible, we have to remember that it's a decision. It's there for everyone. Everyone was born with love, breathed into us before our first breath. Everyone, everyone, everyone. It's a decision there. We either take it or we don't. We either accept it or we don't. God is love and we have to accept it. So many times people haven't been in a situation. They haven't been raised in this environment. They're not listening to this show or going to church or hearing praise music. You know, they're feeling themselves. So how do we get to these people and how do we get ourselves to this place versus living in the world? So we're going to get to that. But right now, let's look at this second of three ways that I see problems with love. So we've really looked at the humanness, right? It's, it's hard for us to get to love because we're simply human. So now let's look at the next thing, which is we're sometimes so empty that we don't know how to, to take it anymore. Like if you've ever been so hungry, you're not even hungry anymore. It's the weirdest thing. In fact, medically, I'm a nurse, medically starving is one of, you have pain at first and then you get to the point where you don't even feel the the need to eat and drink anymore. Like we get ourselves so empty that we get lost. We get ourselves so empty that we're unable to give it back and, and love, love grows. It needs to grow. And as you give it, it comes back and it grows. And that's, this works with God. So give God love because it's going to come back to you and it's going to grow. And when you give God love, look at the kind of love you're going to get back. That's pure love. When you give people love, be careful, you're going to get that back. So choose wisely. Whole nother show, right? Choosing your partner wisely. Okay, now the next thing is I want us to look at the third thing that I think is our problem when we look at love. Um, It is that we've been hurt. It's human. 
We put up walls, we guard ourselves, we protect ourselves. And if we've been burnt in the past once, twice, three times, it doesn't matter. When you have been burnt, maybe your whole upbringing, it, it's a device in between you and love. And it's hard to get past that. And sometimes we need help. All right, so we really looked at the problem. Now let's look at what the word says. I can see we're running out of time. I don't know where this goes, so I'm going to move fast. So when we look at the fact that we're human, what are some biblical words that we can look at? I want us to think about this. We have a choice. We can have life and love and unity if we still want it. How do we get that unity? We, we look at Ephesians 4.15. Now listen to this verse. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. That is how we do it. We have to get into God. We have to get into the Trinity, and this will help us. It says, speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him. Okay, so work hard. Let God in. Feed God. Give God love. Get it back into you. Now, the next one is we're empty. What can we reference here? So it's really hard to give to other people when you're empty yourself, right? But you need unity again. So Ephesians three seventeen through 19 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is breadth or length or height and depth, and to know that love in Christ surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So when you are empty and you get into this, you are filled. You are filled with the wholeness of God. It really um, is complete, the fullness. It's a whole. And, and the world can make us feel great for a season. And it's of the flesh. But God fills us up and we have to get to that. And then last, I want us to think about when we've been burnt. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take up my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will help you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we try to, to get healed, to find rest and everything in other people, um, there's also demands on that. And with God, there isn't. We are down to the last 30 seconds of this show. Have no fear. I will get back into some of these things. And we're going to look at the coaching tool when we come back after the break on Living Life Within Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. 
This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I'm so happy you are back watching and listening to Live In Within the Sweet Spot. Go ahead and tune into Facebook on Nikki Klegel, Fulfill Your Legacy. If you want to pop in live, I'm going to have some links to free things, this coaching tool being one of them, my website where you can get to all that. All right, so what I'd like to do is uh, go back and just kind of touch on these three things inside of the what does the word tell us. So I was explaining that there's verses in the written word that are really going to help us with these problem areas that we have. And we got to the place of if we've been burnt before by love, how do we recover from this, right? So there were three areas that I really wanted us to know that we need to progress through. And when I coach people, I want us to progress through these three spots after we've been burned. So it's important that we look back at the places that hold us back. Not that we live there, but that we're able to heal and progress through those places. And so there's kind of this process with love that I like us to think of. First, we need to find rest in God. That's where the healing and the restoration comes from. So I think that's important. And that Bible verse I just read, or or maybe we didn't get to, but I'm going to read it now, is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And it says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so people of the world might demand more of you than you can do because you're burnt and you're not capable. And so you have to go to God and just first get healed. The next step is then now, how do I trust again? I've been burnt before, but now I need to go out and love others and learn to love myself. Maybe I've done something bad to myself. We all have, I mean, at some point in life and many of us big things, many of us bunch of little things, but regardless, how do I then trust to love again? And so I like 1 Corinthians 13, seven. And this is that, It always protects, always loves, always hopes, and always perseveres. Like the the love we find in Christ and God always protects, always loves, always finds hope, and always perseveres. You, when you look to find and get love out of the world, you will not find these absolutes. When you lean on a godly love, you find these sort of absolutes, always protecting always trustful, always providing hope, 
and always persevering. This is what I want for you. Okay, so now you start to lean on God for your love, not the world. And then you move it into this place where now you love and serve others. And that is where the change really happens. That's where it starts to multiply and, and you're getting the things out of this world. You're, you're being able to live in heaven. So we talk about um, earth being the heaven, the place on earth. You know, that's when we can bring love with us. When we can bring God with us, that's how we find heaven on earth. It's not the earth. It's not earth on earth. Oh, let's find, you know, let's live. It's heaven on earth. It's God on earth. It's love on earth. That's what we want. And that's how we enjoy our days here. So, um, so then the verse that I like for this is second Corinthians 12, nine, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And this is how you go out and love and serve others. This is how you first get yourself healed up with God. Then you start to trust because you're trusting in God, not other people. And then you lean into God for the power to be able to do it and Christ, right? The Trinity. Okay, so I'm glad I didn't skip over that. Now I want us to go ahead and look at this coaching tool. So those of you on Facebook, I'm going to show you. It's scribbled all over, but I want you to understand. So this is the coaching tool, and it is four pages long. So I'm going to go over it with you guys, and if you want it, just email me. There's a lot of tips like this on to um, on my website and there's a link being posted, but um, email me and we will literally, I will send you a copy of this if you want. Um, there's like places that you fill stuff in on, but let's go ahead and get started. So this form, uh, it, it's called Inside Out. And the reason why I go over this and, and I chose to do this at this time was uh, I wanted us to take love um, self-love and love for others in a progressive way. So first uh, step is you need to love God and know that you are loved by God. Absolutely. If you want a whole kind of love, like a passionate, um, healthy, energizing, real love that feeds and restores and heals and protects and does all these things we've talked about, you first need to know that you are God's. And so that's why the first part of my, my book is I am his, he is mine, and that's where you get God partnered. And um, so you first need to kind of just get yourself there and use all kinds of methods we've talked about on many other shows, but know that that's first. And if you're in a place where you aren't uh, in a relationship with God, then that's probably what's hanging up you. And so get into a relationship with God and feed that. And we're going to talk about that more in a minute, how to do that, but that's step one. Then step two is kind of getting to this place where you can love yourself. I'm going to read this. You have been claimed, you have claimed yourself as his and he is yours. This acknowledgement naturally leads you to a deeper place of awareness of love. God is love. As you know, you are God's more of God and his goodness is in you. You have this deeper relationship and you become more Christ-like, more God. You will be, begin to see yourself and others through God's eyes. So when you have trouble loving other people or loving yourself, you need to look through God's eyes. God's eyes are unconditional. He loves you even past your sins and your imperfections. This is how it's reckless. 
It's um, unconditional, undeserving, but you're but you get it anyway. You have to have godly eyes to be able to do this. And so, how do we get those right? Well, I like us to look at Ephesians one seventeen and eighteen. Let's let's look at this a second. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the riches, his glorious inheritance for his holy people. So what's so awesome about this is that we need to remember that this, this middle hunk, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. We know that as we let God into us more, love into us more, we're able to see things the way God does. We stop seeing, when we look at somebody and we hear their story, we look past all their imperfections. We look to their heart. And this is what makes all the difference. And we do it for ourselves. I, I could easily get hung up on my imperfections. And sometimes I do. But it's like I can clearly understand the first part of this verse says that you have revelation and wisdom inside of you because you clearly understand now that that is not of God. It's a lie and it comes from Satan, that you are not worthy enough, that you are not good enough, that you have been too bad, that those are lies and they don't come from God. And as you get closer to God, you understand this and you see it. You don't fall prey to this. All right, so then the next thing is, um, in this whole kind of coaching tool is, we walk through this graph here. I'm going to go over it with you guys. So first, it's called, it's broken down into a couple different phases. The first section is called, keep your eye on the ball, which is, in, in our case, in brackets, it says, keep your eye on the heart. Okay, keep your eye on the ball. And then you're going to go to the next phase of this coaching tool, which is the, called the eye opener. So first you keep your eye on the ball, then you have the eye opener. Then you need to keep your eyes peeled. All right. And then last, we get to the place where I'm going to show you, you have an eye for that. Okay, so what do these all mean? So when you keep your eye on the ball, this is where I want us to realize and have awareness that we fall prey. We slip up. This is where we screw up all the time. When we, we see our value and determine our value through what the world tells us, if we keep our eyes on our hearts, we're starting to recognize our value through God and, and the way God sees us. So you are a child of God. So regardless of your what, your upbringing, regardless of your financial situation, regardless of your past mistakes, all these different things, those are of the world. Keep your eye on that God loves you because you are a child of his and that's it. And then you have to remember that that goes same for your brothers and sisters. So there's three different spots here where you journal and you can literally take a piece of paper. You can write this down now. So keeping your eye on the ball or keeping your eye on the heart of the matter, the person, yours or theirs. So first you list the imperfections that you have. So this is just on you. I want you to literally list. I'm telling you to keep your eye on your heart, but, but we have to self-evaluate. So first list everything that you think is imperfect about you. 
And that may be things that the world has told you, but list them anyway. You need transparency. Things that I wrote right out of my very own coaching clients. I pulled them all up and I just kind of looked through their assessments and I wrote things down. So I've been divorced and they feel like that's a setback in their life for getting a new love, um, for maybe having past um, damage um, in, in how they feel about themselves, all sorts of things. Maybe they've been raised in a negative upbringing and they're just feel like they're a negative person. This is what many people write. Like I don't, I, I push people away. So divorce often equals that they maybe think they don't deserve it. And then when they're negative, sometimes they feel like they're pushing people away or themselves. They're negative about themselves. Um, sometimes people write down that they're insecure under this imperfection part. And why are they insecure? Why do they lack confidence in themselves or in others? Well, this insecurity isolates them and prevents them from having loving relationships with themselves or others. They might have addictions. And so basically, we need to remember that they're trying to feed themselves with the world. And so you might think your imperfection is that you're dependent on whatever it is, alcohol, drugs, or sex, whatever it is. Um, but the thing is, you're trying to feed yourself with the flesh. You're just going to get more of that and it won't work. It leads to death. So you need to feed yourself with God, which leads to light and does work and life and feeds and, and goodness. It's all good. Okay. Then the last one is maybe you just battle this like, um, I'm, I, I haven't, I've been bad. I haven't been good enough. I am not smart enough. I went all these lies I spoke that that has to do with worth. Okay, so we've done that first section. Now you look at the individuals whose imperfections you see past. I love this. Like I like thinking of my sweet little grandbaby. Like there was nothing that could um, um, over trump the fact that she was perfect. And, um, and the love, like the immediate love, like you get it. You get it that um, love is of the heart. Love is about nothing else. It's awesome, right? So this is what you want to think about. Like your own kids, uh, your own children have hurt you. They've um, screwed up. They've done bad things, but it doesn't matter. If they come back to you, right, you throw everything. Sheets to the wind. You just get rid of it all because you just want them back in the right place with you. That's how God feels about us. Okay, so you list um, and individuals here whose imperfections you see beyond, and then why do you see beyond them? And get a clear understanding of why you're able to do that. It's not enough that you just do it. Why do you do it? Okay, and then the third part is list individuals here who you see them as not perfect. They have things that are bothering you, hurting you, whatever, making it difficult to love them, but you're not able to get past it. And why that is. Believe me, there is so much clarity in this section. So this is the heart of the matter. So this is keeping your eye on the ball, which is really keeping your eye on the heart. We, we can't be looking at these outside things. We have to get to the heart. All right. So now we're going to move to this, the eye opener. So this section is really getting us to the word. We need to know truth. Remember that one verse I talked about earlier where we get wisdom and insight where we can pick up on the lies that we're being told and believing that are interfering with self-love and interfering with our ability to love other people. So let's go ahead and dive into this. There's two sections on this one. So the first section is uh, referenced by a verse, Isaiah 40, 31. I'm going to read it. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Well, I really like this because when we are trying to um, love someone else and love ourselves, it is sometimes a battle to try to get, get us here. But lean on to God. And let him do the work for you because you will soar. You will be higher than anything that you can do on your own grit and merit. You can try to force yourself to be kind, force yourself to be loving, force yourself to overlook people's imperfections. And that is human grit that you're working with. Or you can rest in God, call on God. Lean in God, use his power, and this is how you're going to get there. So um, I want you to journal in this section. I want you to just take a second and journal how you can overcome any obstacle of your imperfections with God on your side. And you need to be God partnered. So I wrote some examples down, and I'm just going to use me because I don't want to call out any of my clients. <laughs> so, um, so I couldn't read. I mean, I really struggled to read. I remember I was about 10 years old in school and went into this resource room and was really happy. I had hope. It talks about this verse. I had hope that I was going to be able to finally read. Um, but we basically got taught how to memorize this book. And I was good at that. And, and I remember getting up in front of this huge crowd and I read this book with my parents in there, everyone clapping because I could read. And it was a lie. I couldn't read. I memorized this stupid little book that was like hop on pop. And I felt like a fraud. And instead, I, and that would have damaged me. And made me think I need to pretend to be something else. Think, look at all those wrong things to do. You, you didn't go to the problem. You didn't fix how to read. You had to um, um, make around, a skirt around, a kind of band-aid of sorts. Anyway, what I did have was parents who unconditionally loved me. Parents who I knew without a doubt that my reading had nothing to do with my value. And so they taught me a pure kind of love. And that then taught me to just push through. It wasn't about, I had the confidence to keep trying, keep trying. Now by 13, I was reading, not great, um, but reading at least. And really it wasn't until I was about 30 that I was really reading well and could actually read something for enjoyment. But anyway, so growth, you know, leaning on God, getting in all of our imperfections, wipe out what you think is measuring up in the world's eyes or not. It's not about the world. It isn't. When I knew that this was just part of who I was and that my value was so much deeper, then now the gifts, we get blessings out of our weaknesses, right? So what is my blessing that came from this imper worldly imperfection of not being able to read? I am a fighter right? I am used to having to work really hard to get things done and I'm okay with it. And even being an entrepreneur and starting a business like this is hard work and I'm all right with that. I'm used to it. Okay. So then divorce, my parents divorced when I was young. And, um, you know, I know that that I didn't, when I was a child, I didn't all the way through my teens, but into my, my marriage with my husband, I could see that I had some walls and some barriers that had to do with trusting, um, this individual that I was going to allow to love me feeling like they might reject me feeling like they might 
not want me and things like this. And we had to work through that. And now, um, you know, through God, I've learned how to do that. And with my husband, our marriage is so much better than it was before I learned how to do this. And then um, we don't have time. I can see the minutes coming up, three minutes. I want to keep going. So um, then on the other side of this, so you write down your own things. Then on the other side of this um, is Second Timothy 4, 3 and 4. So, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. You Hang with me. I'll explain why I'm doing this. Instead, they'll suit their own desires, and they will go gather around with great numbers of teachers saying what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth, and they will turn aside the mists. And this is what happens. We, we have a, a gob of us that do not understand what real love is. We have a gob of us who are filling up with what the world has and saying it's okay, it's right. And and as you start to get God into you, you get that wisdom and that clarity and it starts to make more sense. And that this is how we, we need to reach people. Um, this is how we can help other people is we have to first get love into them. So then they start to get some insight and some wisdom and slowly they start to recognize the lies of the world and start believing in the truth and light of God. All right. So now let's see if I have enough time to get to the next one, which is keeping your eyes peeled. So keeping your eyes peeled. Now you process through this place. You've, you've gotten yourself God partnered. So you're, you look to the heart. You, God is in your heart and you're looking to the heart of the others and yourself. Then you moved on to this place of, um, keeping your heart um, open. So get to the word, be open to what God has to teach you and show you. Now you're getting your eyes peeled. And this is a place where you really need to seek love all over in other people in yourself. And so the first section is journal ways in which you receive love. Everybody's different. I put a music and a song in here because I knew that that, that love or music um, feeds some people. Get to the written word. Um, there's ways that you can do it. I have a Bible. Go to my website, and there is a blog from two blogs ago. And it is walking you through the Bible. And, and I read you the Bible and show you a video of each book of the Bible throughout the year. So you can start it at any time. It's an email thing. So on day one, you get the first reading. You don't, if you're too busy, if you want to do it on your car ride, you can literally get this in right while, while you're driving. You can just listen to it today. It's about 15, 20 minutes long per day. Um, wise counsel. You need to be getting to church and getting friends that are going to feed you with goodness. Right now, take a mental note of your people you're hanging around with, friends and family. Do they feed you with goodness and light or do they feed your flesh? Which means, uh, like I've been here, uh, nobody's perfect, but I mean, do you go out and do things that the flesh loves? Like drink a little too much, eat a little too much, maybe get into drugs or alcohol, maybe um, promiscuous activity, whatever it is, that's of the flesh. What are you doing with your friends? All right. And so we are down to 30 seconds. The only thing that I didn't touch on is having an eye for that. We, you just, it's like once you get into God, you can recognize it everywhere and you start to be able, people are attracted to you and people have an eye for you when you are full of love. It's energetic. People want to be around you. And this is what I want for you because this is how you love and serve God. All right. Come back after the break. I've got two different people here that we're going to do questions and answers with. I will see you after the break on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot.
your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are here with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. We are um, discussing love. Everything on this show is about love, and we remember the famous Bible verse that above all else is love. It's Valentine month. I thought it would be perfect to do, and so let's go ahead and get started on the question and answer portion of this. Before I go, I want to make sure that I don't forget this at the end of the show. We have a couple really awesome weeks coming up. Next week, I'm bringing in Jody Burkeen. He is an amazing man, pastor, who has a a wonderful testimony, um, really can bring people along with him in this God-partnered living way. Him and I are going to be partnering up, doing some speaking together, but he is... uh, got a company called Man of God's Way. He has an awesome book. Um, please go look him up on Facebook. Uh, it's it's a great deal. But he's going to be on next week. We're going to be talking about um, godly men, so how you can be a godly man in your marriage, in your community, in your life. And then next, the week after that, I'm bringing in my pastor, one of my lead, my lead pastor, one of my pastors, um, Tim Breen, and we're going to be discussing religion and church and how um, we're getting a bad rap and some people are saying, I don't need religion. I don't like 
religion. I just want to love everyone and, and love is good. But um, we know that uh, we need more than just an independent kind of love. We need relationship kind of love, the kind of love that God teaches us where we are out in community with each other, giving wise counsel. Okay, let's go. So here are our two questions then. We have Leah. And so Leah is saying to us, um, she was raised in a home. I'm going to read the email. I was raised in a home where my parents loved me. I know this, but it's like I couldn't really feel it. All I felt was a critical eye. I don't know how to get past this. It seems like I do this to my own family. It also seems like I just can't get to the heart of love. All right, so this sort of breaks my heart. It doesn't sort of, it totally breaks my heart. And I think that a lot of people in the world feel this way and have this. Um, I'm going to read a verse. So 1 John 4, 16, it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love is in God, and God is in them. So my, my question right before this Bible verse was, where are you living? And I like to, get, I like to challenge people with this when, when I'm coaching. And I like to challenge myself with this when I have those kind of um, thoughts that I know don't come of God. So we know that um, whatever is pure and right, noble and, ex-worthy and uh, excellent and praiseworthy, all these things, they come from God. And when we start getting and thinking about other things, we know they're not of God. So where are we living? Are we living in those things? Like, are we, are we perfect? Are we performing enough? Are we, did we, uh, is our value based off how well we cleaned up our room if we're a child or, um, you know, the clothes that we're wearing or whatever. Those are all things that parents and bosses and people do to themselves because it's a standard of living. We don't need to make it more than that. These are things that we decide we want to do or don't want to do simply because that's the way we want to live. It has nothing to do with how we want to love. They're separate. And when they get confused, when we start withholding love or providing love based off the performance is where we go wrong. Now, if you were raised that way, you find you have something called transference. You, you have this where now every time you have these feelings, they come along with it. So if you feel like you did a bad job at, at tidying up or a bad job at some performance task, now you've got feelings and emotion and value attached to it because that's what happened in the past. But as you start to, like I said earlier, as you start to get God into you, you get truth and wisdom and insight into you. And you can start to hear the lies because that is not true. They are not together. Your performance and love have nothing to do with each other. Now, God can be disappointed in our performance, but it has nothing to do with how much he loves us. His love is unconditional. If we get to God first, now if we try to get love from humans, we're going to be getting this kind of love that's based off all kinds of things that we just simply know how to do because we're sitting here in these bodies. But if we go to God first and get God love in us, it gives us so much clarity, insight into what is true and not true. And your performance has nothing to do with how valuable you are. And you don't, I hear you in your question, Leah, talk a little bit about you're feeling yourself doing it to your own family. And so that is truth and insight. Also, I always say this to people who call in, you would not send me this email if you didn't have God in you. I believe that. Like you, people who 
do not have God in them, they rebuke this. They wouldn't be on this channel listening to this. They wouldn't um, be on the live stream on Facebook. They, they'd be like, that's nonsense. And they'd get off and go tune in to the world. All right. So you've got it in you, but you need to grow it. And how do we do that? Right. So I have two more bullets for you to think on. The next one is, so how and who are you looking for love from? So now just do a little self-check. And this is kind of um, in that uh, experiment that we were doing in between the break. But it, so in the past, your love was based off performance. But right now, really do a little mental check. How are you trying to feel love and get love right now? And make a list. Because I want you to pull out the things that you know are of God and start getting them there. Start there because I want you to get the God kind of loving you first. And it just gives you so much more clear clarity about what to believe, take in, and not refuse and rebuke of the world. All right. So go to church, you know, hear gospel um, so that you're not confused by what we hear of the world or best friend or, or, or a TV show or, you know, a book that you read, you know, not all books have, have things that are true and right in them. Okay. So then the next thing is um, start considering doing some, it's almost like programming, but get some written word, go, go to the Bible. So you look at the first part of that assignment was look at your imperfections. So say that you think, okay, uh, most of the time I feel unloved when I'm looking at my house and it's a pit. <laughs> so you were raised in a way that you had to have this perfect house. And so you're aware of this, right? So if this is your hang up, then do a Bible verse that literally talks about, um, you know, um, finding love in performance or um, perfectionism. And all, all a bunch of Bible verses will come up on perfectionism. And then you can grab the two or three that make sense to you. And then what I want you to do is speak them. Speak the truth into you. Remember how um, that song I loved and how I said that um, before we were even born and could speak one word, God spoke truth in us. We need to speak truth into us. And Truth does not come from the world. It comes from the word. So get to the written word. Find some truth about what perfectionism is, if it's good or not good. And we know it's not good. So find the truth about it and speak those into you. When you read all the Bible verses that come up related to perfectionism, there will be two or three that make sense to you, that that jump out to you, that you recognize as, oh, I do that, or I don't do that. When that happens, write those down. Those are the two or three that you want to speak into you, which means repeat, meditate on, think on um, regularly, and they will start to come alive in you, and they will start to teach the truth in you, and you will slowly be able to overcome this because God will be doing it with his truth and light, not the world, all right? So then um, let's go on to the next question. I see we're down to four minutes. So Mark is the next one. So um, Mark says, he's talking about, well, I'm going to read it. I wish that I could have the kind of love my parents have, but my wife, who I love dearly, has walls up. We do love each other, but there's definitely some guard or protection that she wears that I cannot get through. I feel rejected and I feel withheld from a love I know exists. So I think this is precious. I see this a lot. I, um, a lot of times when I am coaching couples, there's been infidelity. And so um, the other person, of course, has these walls up. 
right? And I was using my story of, of the divorce of my parents because I knew that I had those walls up. I, I had a hard time letting trust, um, trusting someone else. And so um, what I want you to do is just sort of um, get clarity about it not being you. So he's saying, I feel rejected. It's not you. It's her. But how can we help her? Because that's what we ultimately want to do. Um, so I wonder if this Bible verse is going to be helpful first, and then we'll get to some tactics here. So First John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made of perfect love. Okay, so why do I have this verse here? It's important. For one is most always when we don't go deep into love, we're afraid. It takes a great surrendering to be able to let go of the control that we think we need to protect us. And so as we um, do this, um, we have to not let fear hold us back. We have to be vulnerable and we have to step in. And so this verse, I think, is a good verse for you to pray on for your wife. Um, and, and as you start to help her see perfect love through God, get love through God, then um, it drives out fear. And, and this, is, this is really ultimately what we want. So how can we do this? I am... Um, Mark, I have this, um, I, we don't have time to go over another tool, but I want to give it to you. And it's also found on my website. So it's called the perfect effect. And so this thing is about um, you looking at your imperfections specifically. It's kind of that first section of this tool we did go over. It just takes you much deeper and it, it helps someone look at all their imperfections and use God to overcome each and every one of them. And as you learn to call on God for each of these things and get healing, your faith increases and your trust increases. And each time you step in, see a little bit, baby steps, see a little bit of healing and growth and recovery. Then you do it again that much more and more and it grows. And slowly you're trusting and surrendering in a big way. First, we have to surrender to a pure, whole, right kind of love from God. Once we do that, then it's so much easier to trust and surrender to a love of somebody else because we know that God's watching and protecting us. This is what I want for her. All right, guys, we are down to less than a minute. I don't know where this show goes. I honestly thought with me trying to do this show all on my own, dedicating it really to my next book that's coming up, which is called Embracing the Loving Legacy, how we really bring God's love into all areas of our life. Um, I wanted to do this part of the show. But there are some websites and some links and things I want you to go to. So on my page now, this is live streaming from Fulfill Your Legacy. Like this page, go under notifications and click see first if you want to see my videos pop up when they do. Um, you can also go on to Legacy Leader page. Really, this is a subscription page. It's near nothing. It's, um, it, it, it's a monthly fee of, of very little where you get inside of there, us going through the Bible each day, us doing a weekly assignment um, where I help you become a strong Christian leader in your home, at work, or in your community. Um, you get in there um, prayer and community. You get life coaching once a month, health coaching once a month, and so much more. 
I also want you to go to my website and go to free resources. There is a toolkit that will help take you deeper into your relationship with God in many different sorts of ways. Thank you for tuning in. I cannot wait to come back next week on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. And our guest is Jody Burkeen. Okay, I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.